I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 101 of the Cantobite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, by popular demand and an intense hiring process, it's my delightful co-host, it's Brittany Brown. Hello! How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm glad that I am here on episode 101 and that you carefully looked over my cover letter and resume and decided to keep me for one more episode yeah i mean it's a trial basis but i think i think you're in with a shot yeah thank you i appreciate that you know all my hard work on that resume and cover letter uh, proved to be worth it if you haven't seen Rodney's cover letter and resume we we tweeted them out and put them up on google docs it's pretty oops sorry it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah uh, did you put up the uh cover letter too or was it just the resume i think the cover letter was there there should have been two links in one tweet okay yeah i know i saw steel last night he had a little event in comic-con and he was praising me over the amount of effort i went into uh doing the resume and he even was like you're on my podcast that many times and I'm like <laughs> yep I bothered you for six straight months <laughs> but no it was awesome how are you I'm okay getting ready to move still got a lot of cleaning and shit to do but we're getting there that's good Watch some of the new season of Queer Eye. Ooh, I watched some of that too. Okay, so I got past episode two, and then I was watching episode three, and I had just worked like 10 hours that day, so I like accidentally passed out during the second, or the third and the fourth one, so I have to go back and watch it, but so far, it's wonderful. I really like the first one. Oh, I know. Me too. Because in the first one, they go back to Jonathan's old school, and it's like the director of the music program, who was the director of the music program when he was there. It's very sweet. Yeah. How many episodes are in this season? 
I have no idea. I just put it on and I watch it until they tell me there's no more episodes. <laughs> That's how I was with Stranger Things. Have you finished Stranger Things? I have one more episode. Okay. How do you like it so far? It's good. I don't know. I, I've been enjoying it, but it hasn't had me... I'm going to, like, you know, with the past seasons, I sat down and watched the entire season. And it just doesn't have me doing that this season. I'm still liking it. But... Hmm. I didn't I didn't binge it nearly as much. I think the most I watched at a time was two. Are the episodes getting longer? I don't know. I don't I have no idea. Yeah, cuz I remember way back when I watched season 1. Like I just kept going and going and then the season ended and I'm like, "Wait, that's it?" <laughs> But I didn't get that with both of these seasons. Like, both of the next two seasons, I'm like, okay. Because I knew I wanted to binge it. Because I did it last time for season two. Oh, actually, yeah, season one. I watched all of them in a day. And I'm like, I kind of have to do it. It's like, you know, now it's my thing. It's my ritual, you know. So, I did that on 4th of July. Like, all I did was just sit and watch Stranger Things. But, I don't know. I really liked it. Like, I definitely think that this season resonated with me better than like the last two. Like I think personally, like I'm done with the whole like Halloween theme and I was so excited to see, you know, color and summer and lights and, you know, the mall and all these different things. And I really liked it. Yeah. The mall stuff's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, how are you doing other than uh, moving stress? Have you seen anything in the news that has caught your eye lately? I mean, we got a bunch of Marvel news out of San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, it was like a, a couple miles away from Natalie Portman, Angelina Jolie. I'm pretty excited that they're doing a new Blade. Yes, I am excited for everything they're doing. And they're bringing back Natalie for Thor. They're doing the internals. They're doing that Black Widow movie. Yeah, I don't care about that. Yeah. David Harbour's going to be in it, though. Yeah, but he's in everything, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Isn't, I think Rachel Weiss is going to be in it, too. Yeah, but I've gone so sour on Scarlett Johansson that I'm just, like, done with her entirely. Hmm. That's fair. Yeah, I guess they have more to announce at the Disney convention, too, so can't wait to hear that. Uh, I'm really excited for the Loki show. Yeah. That'll be fun, especially since it's, like bad Loki and I think it's set after the events of Endgame or um, I know you haven't seen Endgame yet I mean he gets a little optimistic I mean it's still out I mean I think it just passed Avatar for like the greatest yeah. amount of money people spent to go see a movie so maybe uh, it can get a little more money. 
can get you a ticket and you can go see it. Oh, yeah, because what I really need to do is give money, more money to a multi-billion dollar organization. Well, you're not giving money to it. I am. You're just going to be sitting in the theater and, like, drinking, like, a nice, like... Okay, I still haven't seen the other one, though. Oh, and, uh, Infinity War? Yeah. Oh. I just, I don't care about the big, like, ones. I just like the character ones. Like, I'll go see Black Panther, too, and I'll go see, um, Captain Marvel, too. Excited about those. Yeah, but, you know, maybe for some of these shows, like, you have to see, like, Infinity War or Endgame. Like, I know the basic beats to it all. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I miss some Easter eggs or something. And, like, some of the stuff, like, I like I have, like, no interest in the Wanda Vision show because I don't care about them. Um, I'll check out the Falcon Winter Soldier one mostly because I like Falcon. And I'll watch the What If animated show because I like the What Ifs. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm a little excited for, like, WandaVision because I like their weird little romance. And I'm a sucker for, like, romance and, like, these movies. So maybe it'll be, like, a romantic comedy like The Fly. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. But, no, Blade is definitely the one I'm most, like, excited for, even though we don't even have any sort of timeline on that one yet. Because I fucking love Blade. Don't get me wrong. Quite honestly... I still think Wesley Snipes could have played Blade again, because Wesley Snipes is still fucking awesome. But Mahershala Ali is great. And I love the fact that he's the one who wanted to do the movie. Yeah, he called them after he got the Oscar for the Green Book. Yeah. He, like, (laughs) went to Faggy and went, I want to be Blade. Make a Blade movie so I can be Blade. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Well, I like that. It's kind of, you know, sort of... One of the things I really like about Deadpool, besides the fact that I really enjoy both of those movies, is I love that it was a real, like, passion project for Ryan Reynolds. Like, those movies exist because Ryan Reynolds was determined to make them happen. Yeah, he put a lot of time and effort and money to become Deadpool and to birth Deadpool and to the movie theaters and to media that's a lot and he's doing a good job with it like those deadpool movies are so fucking funny yeah they really they really nailed it and like i get why that's not like for some people but the i i i love all the fourth wall breaking i love all the winks and nods i think they're fun as hell I just rewatched those a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Did anything else at Comic-Con catch your eye? Honestly, it has been, it seems like, besides this Marvel stuff. And even the Marvel stuff, there was a lot of it, but there was nothing where I was like, oh my god, holy shit. It seems like a pretty weak Comic-Con in terms of news. Yeah, even the downtown area seemed more dead than usual like you know they had a bunch of like they had that brooklyn 99 thing like i guess like the cast of um 
what's that one show? The Good Place, like, went to a bar and, like, served people drinks. Randomly. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think, like, what else happened, but I don't know. I haven't really, like, seen anything that I'm like, you know, that's really cool. Like, I saw, like, a Ferris wheel in, like, the middle of somewhere. But that's it. I don't know. Like, I've never been to Comic-Con, and I don't know if Comic-Con is really my thing because I only like certain parts of fandoms, and I feel like Comic-Con would be, like, too much for me because, like, over here is DC, over here is Game of Thrones, over here is this, over here is that. Like, I love the enthusiasm, you know, people put in, you know, like, loving certain fandoms and everything, but I don't know. Like, I just don't think it's for me, so I, I think that's why that... I've never had too much of an interest in it. I just have an interest in, you know, like seeing friends I don't normally get to see. You know, I see Dom from the SWU down here, and he's so nice. Like, meeting him was a great experience. And I, Yeah, I he's I'm, a sweetheart. Yeah. I don't know, like, I think I met him. I, no, I met him at D23 a couple of years ago, but he's awesome. I'm trying to think of who else I met. I met Laura from uh, Forced Host. She's really nice. Um, Tim was there again, toasted Zen. I don't know if he was there last time, but yeah, he's, he was there. Um, one of the hosts from Hoth Topics, just a bunch of like podcasters that like, I wouldn't meet like, unless, you know, in these circumstances. So that's what I love. And that's my favorite thing about like conventions is seeing friends that I don't normally get to see. Yeah. Yeah, I guess in terms of news, I guess we got some trailers and stuff. Um, I really liked that trailer for Picard. And we got some cool stuff there with some of the, like, old Star Trek people who are going to be guest starring in it. But, I don't know, it just seemed seemed definitely more low-key than past years. We got one trailer, and even though it wasn't comic-con centered i think it really shook the internet oh yeah so much so that i am looking at our show notes and there is a person cat holding a knife and a fork so i think in honor of Eric Strathers, we are turning this podcast into a Cats Taylor Swift podcast. I mean, it's just going to be me talking about how fucking horrifying that Cats trailer is. I did get the goosebumps when I heard Jennifer Hudson singing Memory. But then, like, some of the cats just, like, looked like James Corden and cat form. I'm not sure if I can dig. And then... There's just, like, some people, like, I can't see them as cats. Like, Taylor Swift, like, I thought she looked fine. Like, her facial expressions and everything, because, like, she's a flirty cat. I don't know who posted it, but there is this wonderful woman that posted a thread, you know, about, because if anyone hasn't seen cats, you know, like, you get to know the characters a little bit. Like, for me, I remember on rainy days in performing arts, and I think in just seventh grade, we would watch Cats, and for some reason, we never got to finish the movie. And 
we would start from the beginning like every time was a rainy day like even if it was like two rainy days in a row we would just watch like the first like 45 minutes of cats so i don't know how this ends like i don't know who anyone is so it was really informative that someone was like oh like this is the mischievous cat this is the flirty cat and well because literally that's the plot of cats is a cat sings about the fact that it's a flirty cat and then another cat sings about the fact that it's a mischievous cat and another cat sings about it, how it's sad, and then one of the cats dies. I fucking hate cats. I hate it. It has maybe my least favorite musical song of all time. Is it Memory? No, I don't care. Like, I, like Memory's fine. I think it's way overrated. And it mostly stands out because all the rest of music and cats sucks. But no, it's the goddamn Jellicle songs for Jellicle Cats song maybe the most annoying song in like any musical hmm what is your favorite musical i think it's like i'm i'm not a huge musical person in general um i definitely went through a miz phase and i still i still like a lot of the songs from that especially anything that the Trinidadians do um and the original London recording that has Roger Allen singing stars is incredible because Roger Allen has such a great voice. But uh, I like Guys and Dolls. Cute. That's a fun one. Um, I sort of like the spectacle of Phantom. And I think there's some really beautiful music in that. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I really like. I know people don't particularly rate it. I like Sunset Boulevard. Hmm. Mostly just for like one or two songs, but I also just, I don't know. I think the, the whole like old, like Hollywood setting is fun. I was really into Rent in high school because, you know, I was a high school drama kid and that's a requirement. Ooh, that's my favorite. Have you seen it um, on Broadway? Yeah. Yeah, back when I was in high school, we had a choir trip to New York, and we got to pick a show to see, and I chose Rent. Ooh. And you saw it with, like, the original cast? No, it would have been... Because I would have seen it in, like... two thousand. I think. So I'm not sure who would have been in it then. I saw Rent in San Diego in 2008 or 9. And two of the original cast members were in it. It was Anthony Rapp and then... um, I'm blanking on his name. The original Roger. And... uh, so wonderful like I don't even know like how we got into that musical because like I was like in like seventh or eighth grade when I first like watched Rent and then I don't know it just always stuck with me and in my family too like we would play it on we would play watch the movie on car rides to places like we knew all the songs we'd sing La Vivo M or La Vivo ah fuck I haven't watched it in a while but ugh, so good um Lion King is good I've seen the Lion King 
I've seen Wicked. That's okay. I'm trying to think what other musicals I've seen. I haven't really seen a lot of musicals. Like, I never really got too much into musicals, but I respect them. And maybe I respect cats. Like, do you think that it's going to be like a Sonic thing and they're going to change like the appearance a little bit of the cats? Or do you think that they're just fucked? I think, I think it's, I think it's too much because it's not just, I mean, Sonic is bad enough, but at least it's just like, you just have to change Sonic. I don't know if you can change every single cat. Well, they probably have the dots all over their faces and everything because, Yeah, but that's not, yeah, that's not cheap. Yeah. I don't know. I I was, like, kind of looking forward to, like, seeing a trailer for this because, like, the day before they released the trailer, they put, like, a behind-the-scenes thing, and it just looked so cool, and the set looked interesting. And then, like, you see the trailer, and you're just, like, cats. I think the Giants... I think the Giants set was a mistake. I think it looks weird as hell, and... The scale seems off in, like, several different parts of that trailer. Like, the scale doesn't seem consistent. Hmm. And I think, I don't know, like, and I get, I don't know, it's one thing to see it on stage when it's, you know, people dancing around in leotards and you're like, hey, the you know, the cats have human breasts because what else are you going to do? But it's really noticeable when, like, some of the cats have clothes, but then, like, the cats played by young sexy women do not have clothes and also i'm not down with the human noses maybe they'll change that i don't know i mean if you're excited about cats i'm very happy for you and then if you're not excited for cats I'm happy for you for appreciating the memes. And I don't know. I haven't really seen any, like, cats memes. I've only seen, like, the Area 51 memes. I've just... I was just... I like when... like Sort of like when the Sonic thing came out, when the entirety of Twitter just stops for a couple hours to be like, what the shit is this? <laughs> I enjoy that. The cats thing was fun. Now I'm going to, like, completely forget this movie exists until it comes out. It's coming out the same day as Arise of Skywalker. It sure is. <laughs> Did you see that that poll from the Bad Motivators when they were like, which movie is Eric going to see? Cats or Arise of Skywalker? I did see that. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, sur- surely he's going to have to do like a double feature, right? He can't not support Taylor Swift. What he'll probably do? He'll buy two tickets, one to Cats and one to The Rise of Skywalker, and he will just watch The Rise of Skywalker, but still by buying that ticket, he will be supporting Taylor Swift. So everyone wins. Maybe. But no, I, I'm sort of, I'm sort of fascinated by it, because it's such, like, the cast is huge. It's such a big deal production. There's so much money in it. And then that trailer came out and everyone just, like, lost their minds over it. I think I was I was on YouTube, like, the day it came out. 
And there is this YouTuber doing a live video of him, like, reviewing the trailer, like, scene from scene. And it was this, like, two-hour-long thing. And it was just so funny. Like, it just, you know, the inspiration people get from, you know, seeing, like, a bad trailer or, like, you know, seeing Sonic. Like, it's just, it's so funny, like, what creativity people put into content but I don't think that we got anything else like from Comic Con so hopefully you know in the next couple weeks when the Disney convention comes we'll get some you know especially Star Wars stuff like there was nothing like they had that one panel where they were selling all the expensive shit like Get yourself a towel holder. Get yourself a pencil holder that looks like a space worm. Or get yourself a little pork book holder thing and for just one price of $75,000.95. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the only real presence of Star Wars was in a couple of the collecting panels. Um, and the publishing panel, I will say, I really want the Hot Toys Wicket. It looks awesome. I signed up to be notified when that goes on pre-order. And we're getting not one, but two different busts of Tarkin, which is insane. I'll be praying for your bank account. <laughs> Look, there's no way, like, the, the one-to-one scale one that um, Regal Robot's doing, there's no way I'm going to be able to afford. But the, like, the smaller, like, Diamond Select one, I mm. think I would imagine. Like, I've seen those going for, like, like when Gentle Giant did one, it was, like, 70 or 80, I'd imagine, to be around there. That I might get. Hmm. But, you know, there was... No product for Rise of Skywalker. Nothing for Mandalorian. Nothing for, you know, a new series of Clone Wars or anything. It's like, hey, you guys, you guys remember that you have shit coming out, right? Yeah. They're waiting. I don't yeah, know. I mean, why would you, you want to announce any of that at the biggest geek convention of the year I think just it's Disney just trying to control I don't know like I think they're just trying to make that Disney convention like bigger than what it is like no one knows what the fuck D23 is so you know by having all this Star Wars material and you know, they're slowly releasing, like, Marvel things. Like, uh, two years ago, they, like, announced, like, uh, Thanos' crew. And they had, like, little sculptures of of them and everything. And I think they announced, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp there, too. I don't know. But I think they're just slowly getting people to realize what the Disney convention is. And, you know, what they're... I don't know. And then they're going to show a lot of stuff from the Disney Plus, too. So, 
I hope it's worth it because a lot of people are going to get mad if it's not. And, you know, they're going to be like, well, why wasn't this stuff at Comic-Con? Like, I don't know. I mean, like, if memory serves me right, we didn't really get anything from The Last Jedi at San Diego Comic-Con in 2017, right? Wasn't there a panel at least? No, there was nothing. There was just the the little booth. And they did the last same thing this year too with, you know, they just had all the stormtroopers lining up and they had the newest one. Yeah, I don't know. It's like they they did do the one thing that we got news from was the uh the publishing panel. Um, we get the cover for Pablo's Visual Dictionary, and there's a new ship on it, the TIE Dagger. It's a TIE Fighter, but it's triangular and pointy. It's like if you got a TIE Fighter and attached two slices of pizza to both ends, there you go. And it's got a, you know, it's got one of the Knights of Ren on it. He's got a vibro scythe blade. He's looking more, he's looking more clean cut than the Vanity Fair images that we saw. Yeah. Uh, What else do you see? You see C-3PO, D-O. Our lovely lady Ray. Uh, and there's a Sith trooper helmet that we've all now seen to death. And it goes up on the energy bow that Jaina will have. Fantastic. Um, the other news that came out of there that a lot of people were really excited about is Charles Soule is doing a four-issue comic series called The Rise of Kylo Ren. It's going to come out just before nine, and it's going to be about Kylo and the Knights of Ren. Uh, they didn't announce an artist, which is weird, um... But it's supposed to sort of show everything about Kylo's fall to the dark side. And then I would assume him taking over after Snoke. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that we are getting some Kylo Ren material. Because I feel like that's one of the characters that we still don't know much about. And especially his mysterious Knights of Ren, which I'm surprised that we're learning about because I really thought that we were just never going to hear from them again. You know, like the midi-chlorians, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're cool looking. We'll see. Hopefully they actually are doing something and not just there, but... Yeah. It's always hard to know with that shit. Yeah. Anything else we got from uh, Comic-Con? 
Uh, there's going to be, IDW is doing one of their Star Wars Adventure comic books that's going to feature Chewie, like, fighting the First Order on Kashyyyk, and he's got a porg on his shoulder. That's exciting. Hmm. Well, honestly, that was about it. Um, Delray had a panel, but they weren't doing any announcements. It was just talking about stuff they've done so far. Um, that uh, Dooku audio play is coming out in book form. I don't know whether it's like rewritten to be a narrative or if it's just a script, but that's coming out. Hmm. But no, like there was, there weren't any big book announcements at all except that comic. What an interesting year for Star Wars at a convention like this. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, we weren't expecting much since we knew they weren't doing a Mandalorian panel or a Nine panel, but I was expecting a little bit more than what we got. Yeah, I don't think anything beats... When the Force Awakens panel, and then, you know, last year when they did, you know, the Clone Wars saved panel, like that, that was a lot. Yeah, like that was a really big deal. And I realize there's not always going to be like something really big, but you ought to have at least something to give people. And they really didn't this time around. Well, although there, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a panel on the Lucas Museum for Narrative Art. And they're going to, I mean, obviously have a bunch of stuff from Star Wars. It's not surprising. But they're going to have, like, some of Macquarie stuff, his original concept art. They're going to have some of the background mats, which is really cool. Those would be awesome to see in person, I think. And it'll be storyboards. And lots and lots of lightsabers. When is that going to be open? Mm. Well, it's still under construction. So, it doesn't seem to be any sort of word on when. Well, can't wait for it. That should be cool. I love museums. Ooh, my spirit jersey from Celebration finally arrived in the mail. Oh, nice. Which one did you get? I got the Imperial one. Okay. I'm sort of surprised you went with the Imperial one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Which one do you think I was going to get? I don't, I don't even know that, what the ones there were. I'm just sort of surprised you went with the Imperial one. Hmm. Well, there was, like, the Rebel Alliance one. And it was gray with, like, the blue writing on the back and, like, the little lining. Then there was just the regular black Celebration one. And I don't know, like, I, 
I like this one better because I like the color contrast. And I only have one other Black Spirit jersey because I collect them from Disney. I have a lot from Disneyland and Disney World. So I think it's cool that, you know, I have one from Celebration. So it's exciting. I can't wait to wear it. I'm kind of sad that Celebration's in uh, October, not October, in August, though, because it's going to be hot as heck, so I won't be able to wear it. But, I mean, I'll be able to wear it during the winter time at, like, Disney or something, so I'm very excited. Oh, uh, they're working on season two of The Mandalorian. I mean, well, they're writing season two of The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Didn't, uh, because John Favreau was on Jimmy Kimmel talking about that, right? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I mean, that's not surprising. And also, like, The Mandalorian could still come out and be a complete failure, and season two never happens. But hopefully, that's not the way it goes. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, he just had a big movie come out. I wonder how The Lion King is doing in the box office. Let me check right now. Our theater was packed when we saw it. Box office. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it showed the one for 1994 and it was like $968 million. I'm like, that is a fucking lot of money, but let me find it. Box office smash. Um, 185 million in tickets in the States between Thursday night and Sunday. That's not bad. Um, 346 overseas. Um, Did you like it? I did. It was a it was a lot. Like it was really it was a really comical experience before because uh, Rusty and I went, and we have like a little ritual before we go to the movies. Like there's this like burger place that we go to, and then we go to the theater, and usually like my whole family comes. So it was just me and Rusty, and I we got to our seats and everything, and Rusty's like, "Hey, I'm gonna get a beer. Do you want one?" And I'm like, no, it's okay. So I'm sitting there, and then he walks back up, and he's like, hey, I ran into a friend. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm about to, like, shake hands with this friend, and I realize that his friend is my boyfriend. <laughs> You're quick. Yeah. So, yeah, Carlos came down and surprised me to go see The Lion King with me, which... That was a lot, because he literally came, like, right before the movie started. And I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm just here to see a movie. Like, like everyone else. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah. It was cool. So, yeah. He's been here all weekend. He's right here, and he says hi. I say hi, and, and I, I have to say the, uh, the, the mustache with no beard did make me do a double take when I saw the picture. But, yeah. Emily said that. The mustache without the beard made her take a double take. Yeah. Yeah. He, 
what was it like two weeks ago I was on the phone with him because I was driving over to his house he's like I'm thinking of shaving the beard off because he's like I don't really like it I need to redo it and I'm like okay do it because I'd never seen him like without the beard and it's it's interesting like it's it's like I have a new boyfriend (laughs) so you know that's that's fun you know especially when you've known someone for so long and then like they change something and it's like ooh, like the excitement of yeah I have a new boyfriend like I get to do all these new things with my boyfriend like this is fantastic so yeah that's been fun I have a memory of I would have been really little and I remember like hearing my dad like coming out of the bathroom and going tearing off to see him because I want you know I was a little kid and and he had just he had like been in the bathroom shaving and I just like stopped dead didn't recognize him (laughs) that's funny I think I was very upset that could be a lot for a child you know like when you see someone like a certain way like for a long time and then they change and you're like what the fuck who is this yeah Lion King was good um I understood the complaints about you know how these animals can't really convey emotion very well like you know there was a part in the movie where like Simba had his crying voice but he was just you know it's just a little lion but I don't know I mean like I really liked it like it was a beautiful movie my god like John Favreau like knows how to do all that and all the animators and all everyone did so great the cast was great Beyonce was good like I feel like especially with these movies like they add new songs and for the first time I was okay with a song because they added a song in the in Aladdin I really didn't like it I don't feel like it you know fit with the movie I just didn't like it. And with this, it's it fit well with what was going on. Beyonce did good. Donald Glover did good. Timon and Pumbaa were the stars of the show. I mean, you've been hearing that a lot, probably. Billy Eichner can sing, too. I was really surprised about that. Hmm. I definitely recommend seeing it. It's great. And I'm trying to think what other movies come out. I think that Quentin Tarantino movie is coming out soon. I think I'm going to see that. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. He is the one... Uh, I have such a... Pro- I, like, he's the one that I can't let go of. Like, he's the problematic dude who I still, like, go see his shit. There's so many people I've stopped seeing shit from. You know, like, I don't... I'm not... I don't go see Gary Oldman movies anymore. Even when they have Ben Meadows in, in them. Like, I don't... Ooh. Like, watch like Rowan Polanski shit I don't see Woody Allen movies but I mean well granted I mean Tarantino's shittiness is a different level than like you know Brian Singer or Kevin Spacey or something but he's a shitty piece of shit but I can't I really like his movies I just really like them yeah I wonder how this one's gonna go like I was talking to Steele's friend Blondie, who's amazing and magnificent and so sweet. And I wonder, because, like, Inglorious Bastards was so interesting, because it's like, I don't know who's seen it, but they kind of, like, 
twist reality a little bit, and I wonder if they're going to do that. More than a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I wonder if they're going to do the same for this one. Like, if they're going to change, like, the, the future. Like, change, like, certain events in history. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it seems, it seems weirder to me to change that than to do... Because maybe it's just because alternate history is a big thing. Like, there's tons of books about, you know, oh, what if... What if this had happened during World War II? What if Hitler had been killed here? What if the Russians had done this here? Like, that's such a a known quantity in fiction that I can be like, okay, that's kind of awesome at the end there. But I think it would be weird if, like, if, if Sharon Tate doesn't get murdered at the end of this movie. What's really interesting is that Sharon Tate's, I think it's her sister, is very vocal on how she wants Sharon to be represented in movies. Like, I think, like, Hilary Duff was recently in, like, a movie, and she bashed the shit out of her. Like, she's very particular, which, you know, I understand. Like, that was her sister. You know, I'd be the same way if someone was, like, portraying, like, my sister in something. And, you know, and she's so okay with, um, Margot Robbie. So either she's okay with both Margot Robbie and the writing. So who knows? But I'm interested to see in what happens. And I don't think I've ever seen a Leonardo DiCaprio movie in the theaters before or a Brad Pitt movie. So I'm excited. And I'm also just, I'm interested to see, because I can't tell from the previews, how much this is about Sharon Tate. Because we, we definitely are focused more on Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and, like, the movie business. And, like, we see a little bit of Sharon Tate and we see... um I can't remember the actor's name who's playing Charles Manson. But you just get, like, one creepy-ass shot of him. Yeah, here, let me look up who's playing him. It's a jam-packed cast. All right, cast. I can't remember. He was on Justified. He's really good, and he looks like he looks perfectly cast in the movie. But for people who are interested at all in sort of the Manson thing, uh, the podcast, you must remember this, which does Hollywood history did a whole season of episodes about everything that led up to the Manson murders. And it is fascinating. It looks at, like, so much stuff there. Like, they did, like, a whole episode or two going into the, the Beach Boys stuff. Ooh. I'm intrigued. Uh, Damon Harriman. There you go. Yeah. No, I'm excited for that movie. I'll go see it. I know, I'm looking at the cast. So many people. Dakota Fanning, Brad, Al Pacino. Oh, yeah, Lena, or, uh, Lena Dunham's in it. Mm. I don't know if she has a big role in it. I still haven't... I don't know. I feel like, because I'm interested in girls. You know, like the HBO show, but... I don't know if I want to watch it. One, because, like, I'm not the biggest fan of her, and I know that she, like, created the show, and 
she stars in it and I don't know and also because like Adam Driver like I I can't watch Adam Driver do dirty things and then like see Star Wars because like I'm gonna think of him like jacking off on a couch or something like while I'm seeing him as Kylo Ren and that's just too much for me <laughs> okay I just don't like it very much. I watched a couple episodes, but it's very... Um, self-indulgent in a way that I don't enjoy. I just recently started watching Euphoria, and I really like that. I haven't tried that one yet. It's with Zendaya, and... Um, there's this... Um, there's a wonderful... Uh, transgender actress her name's hunter i forget her last name and she she's a character on the show and she's fantastic so i really like her it's an interesting show like the cinematography is like really cool and it's it's really good i i recommend checking it out i binge like the first couple episodes and i now watch it every week and then big little lies is ending because everyone's too busy to <laughs> To do it, because, God, they have everyone. Like, they have Meryl Streep, like, they have Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley, Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern. Laura Dern's fantastic this season. I love Laura Dern. I've been watching Harlots, which is on Hulu, and it's, like, somehow in the third season, and I, I don't think I've ever heard of it before. But it's about, like, brothels in 18th century London. But it's hmm. it's all about the women. Like it's like pretty much solely focused on the female characters, and it's. I mean, people talk about *Handmaid's Tale*, but *Goddamn Harlots* is one of the most like just hardcore feminist shows that I've seen in in a long time. And it's also really cool because they don't ignore the fact that you know, 18th century London was actually a diverse place not just in terms of class but also in terms of race so there's there's several major black characters um some who are freeborn londoners and um there's one of the women who was a slave who um was brought over by her former owner who was in love with her and it's, I mean, it's, it's really fat. It's, it's really fascinating and really cool and feminist and also like over the top soap opera because it's about sort of like the, the war between a couple of these brothels and the, and the bods who run them, who hate each other and like are trying to tear each other down. And then like the religious zealots who are trying to get the whole thing shut down. But there's also like lots of cool stuff about class and basically, if you're rich and have a title, you can get away with, literally, get away with murder. It's, it's And the costumes are so gorgeous. Ugh, oh, I fucking love this show. Hmm. That sounds, that sounds like a lot. It's a lot. I've, well, it's, I've also been watching it for, like, a, a week, and I'm already, like, burnt through the first two seasons. Shit. I was watching, like, three or four a night. I'm like, god damn, I love this show. It's always wonderful, like, when you find a show and you just, like, can't stop watching it. Like, I haven't been able to 
find something like that for a long time. Like, I, there's a lot of like Netflix, show, Netflix shows that I've started, and it's like I know that it's not great, but it's like I can't stop. Like, Orange is the New Black. Like, I've been watching that like since the beginning, and just God, like it's just not good anymore. But it's the final season. It's like I have to find out what happens. But it's it's just like it just drags on so much. Like they had that one season where it was like the prison, you know, like they took over the prison that lasted like a whole season. And then I don't know. I am glad that's ending so that more shows can go on Netflix. And I'm trying to think like what else is good. I don't know if anyone has any like recommendations on any of the platforms of movies and TV or anything else. Let us know. Um. So, to answer uh, the question that is on the show notes, um. Emily asked a certain movie if uh, I've seen it. I have not seen Monty Python. Okay, I think it, I think it was Andy Campbell who suggested that. I don't remember. Somebody on Twitter suggested that as like the next thing Brittany watches. What is Monty Python? Okay, have you you haven't seen even Monty heard- Python? You haven't heard of Monty Python? No. Like, first of all, it's not, it's not, Monty Python is not the title of a movie. Monty Python is a comedy group from the UK. What's the movie, like, named? Well, they did several, they did a few of them. There's Monty Python and the Holy Grail. There's Monty Python and the Life of Brian. And then there's Meaning of Life, which is sort of a sketches sort of tied together. They also had the TV show Monty Python's Flying Circus, which was, you know, comedy sketches. It's sketch comedy. Oh, so this is a comedy. Like it, I, I was thinking, like, with something like the name of Monty Python, I think of, like, Indiana Jones. Like, I think of someone, like, an archaeologist, like, doing shit. Like, is this, like, a comedy? Are you fucking with me right now? No! I swear to God! When I hear something like Monty the Python, I think of Indiana Jones. Because I can understand, like, you never having seen Monty Python, but the fact that you've never heard of Monty Python, like, one of the most legendary comedy groups of all time, is... It's like if you had told me that, like, you'd never heard of the Beatles. Like, I don't... I don't know how to... God damn it. I mean, like, I used to have like, I used to have like whole like sketches of theirs that I could do by memory. They're like m- my formative middle school and high school c- comedy experience. Okay. So I mean, the dead parrot sketch is like the most classic fucking god damn it. So they're a comedy group. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> it's a romantic comedy. Oh, uh, like The Fly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to add that to my list. I'll try to watch it by uh, next episode. 
Can't wait. Do you want to do a better watch? Um, I might actually say we do that next time because it's a billion degrees in my apartment right now and I really want to turn my air conditioner back on. I've never agreed with you more. It's so fucking hot here. Like I'm, But to be fair, I'm sitting here in like my pajama pants on a Sunday afternoon and it's... Uh, oh, God, it's like 90. I miss winter. Come back. Or I'll, uh, I'll tell Australia to like... Uh, morph into it or like uh, I'll tell like the uh, I don't know like science it's a lot like I used to not know that like different parts of the world was like summer and like winter like I remember at my old work like I I had some like Australians come in and I was like oh it must be really hot right now in Australia they just looked at me and they're like, uh, no, man, uh, it's like the total opposite. Like it's winter here when it's summer for you. Like I, I didn't know that until like some little Australian kids like, uh, schooled me. <laughs> oh, Brittany. <laughs> well, Emily, where? Can we find you and the podcast on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at CantabitePod. And you can send us email at CantabitePod at gmail.com. Wonderful. How about you? You can find me on Twitter as CantoBrit and Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. All right. Um, thank you all for listening. Thanks to everybody who uh, tweeted about our episode 100. It was nice to see so many people retweeting and, and talking about that. So hopefully, you know, we'll be around for a few more episodes. But until next time, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a ghetto bitch. Brittany the Jinch and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, ghetto bitch number one.